Are you hesitating to take the next step in your e-commerce journey? Founder Plus has you covered with proven frameworks tailored to your business needs for fast results, a supportive community of over 30,000 like-minded entrepreneurs and weekly live mentorship sessions. Founder Plus is your key to success. Try Founder Plus today for just $1 for seven days and start building your dream business with confidence. You can visit founder.com forward slash start dollar trial or click the link in the description to claim your trial. This episode is proudly brought to you from 99designs by Vista, a global creative platform that makes it easy for you to work with professional freelance designers from around the world. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. Now. now, the Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Seth, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey, Founder Fam, welcome back to another episode of the Founder Podcast. Today, we're talking to Roland Peralta. He's the co-founder and chief innovation officer of Nutrafol, who create hair growth supplements to combat hair loss in men and women. Now, this company was born out of his own experience with thyroid cancer and rheumatoid arthritis. Roland began to research and use nutraceuticals to treat his own health conditions, and he soon realized his hair growth had improved in the process. And from there, he and his team partnered with doctors and researchers to develop Nutrafol to what it is today. So if you want to learn what it takes to build a world-class supplement company with a true-to-heart mission, then please welcome to the podcast, Roland Peralta. The first question that I ask everyone that comes on is, how did you get your job, aka how did you find yourself doing the work you're doing today? <laughs> that is, that is uh, do we have enough time to answer that question? So, so I, um, this, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm a co-founder at Nutrafol, and um, I was, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis in 2010. And I was looking for a natural way to to address some of the symptoms. And at the time, the pharmaceutical companies had uh, uh, created some biologics that had some known side effects. And I had um, I always had an interest in botanicals and natural ways of of, of treating things. Essentially, uh, also known as a biohacker, right? Um, and so I. Um, in that research, I had found my 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 cure, my medicine, really uh, a botanical that was able to keep all of my symptoms at bay. Um, and one of the side benefits of that, six months in, I had no symptoms. My rheumatoid arthritis had subsided, and the um, one of the side benefits was that my hair quality had changed. And so that set off an aha moment. My my very good friend Giorgio Stettis, who's the CEO of Nutrafol today, uh, and co-founder, 
had commented on my hair and I thought nothing of it. And he had noticed that I had had a change in, in, in the way that I had looked. And he, he specifically said, your hair looks good. What are you doing? And, and I didn't really connect the dots at the time, but he basically, uh, we had a conversation. I told him what was happening in my life. And, um, in that moment, he had confided in me that he had had, um, so hair became the topic, not rheumatoid arthritis in that moment. And so he had, uh, hair now is the topic of discussion. He now confides in me that he was taking uh, Propecia, finasteride, a, uh, a pharmaceutical drug that inhibits the DHT hormone, which is the typical root cause in um, androgenic alopecia. Uh, that's the hair loss that people call genetic hair loss or, or predisposition to, to um, genetic hair loss. Um, and so he had confided that he had been taking the drug uh, for 10 years and had had some hair loss over the years. He was a model and an engineer. Um, and um, he had confided that he had had some hair loss, but he had also confided that he had had intermittent sexual dysfunction as a result of taking the drugs. So, um, so I said, uh, come, come over to my house for dinner. Let's, uh, let's have a conversation around hair. Um, we can do some research together and um, see if we could find you an alternative. Fast forward, that research dinner turned into a 10-year relationship, and, and here we are today. So it was the, the, the um, it all started with this desire to understand biology and, and really um, uh, advocate for oneself, right? So, so Becoming one's advocate on health is is critical in today's society. Um, there's a lot of information out there that uh, physicians aren't not necessarily aware of and on top of. But um, uh, through research, we, we we find many many answers. Hmm. Interesting. So, Nutrafol wasn't your first venture, right? No, this was my uh, this was my third. My 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 initial uh, experience as an entrepreneur was in the fashion industry. I had started a company in my early twenties, sold it uh, when I was thirty two. Um, I was importing women's uh, clothing from China, from Korea, from India. Um, was servicing a lot of uh, large retailers in the United States. Um, and um, quickly became one of the largest importers of silks uh, in the U.S. Um, back in the 90s. I don't miss the fashion business at all. <laughs> there you go. And then what was your second venture? My second venture was um, I was in the hair salon business for about a minute with the hope of one day launching a hair care product line. Um, I did that for about eight years, and um, that was a that was somewhat of a failed venture. That I would say that that was not uh, uh, that was not my the favorite chapter of, of my story as an entrepreneur. Yeah, why? It was challenging, and I, I think the biggest challenge there was um, working with um, business partners that that you were not necessarily aligned with. I think that's that's a really important lesson in in being an entrepreneur. And that is 
making sure that you've chosen your partners wisely, uh, ensuring that you're, you're aligned, you have the same vision, you have the same values. I think values are, are critical, the same work ethic. Um, if none of that is there, you, 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 you eventually have a problem uh, and, um, and became problematic. So it was really um, a failed venture as a result of not having a good uh, partnership at the time, really. And then how long after did you launch Nutrafol? I would say three, two years later, uh, two years later, um, I had, having worked in a hair salon, I had witnessed a lot of women coming through the salon and, and, and complaining about hair loss and women in their 20s and 30s. And that was a very interesting phenomenon. I thought it was, I thought hair loss was limited to men at the time. And I began connecting the dots and I, I began to realize that hair loss started at my home. I had three sisters that were all losing their hair um, and had probably spent 10, 15 years um, with hair, progressive hair thinning. I had two brothers that were practically bald. My dad was bald. Um, but it was an interesting uh, to witness women uh, who were healthy and and basically would would say, um, yeah, I, I eat well, I have a healthy lifestyle, and uh, yet I'm losing my hair and I can't put my finger on it. At the time, uh, dermatologists were recommending biotin as um, as as a remedy, um, and that of course uh, didn't lead to much uh, in the way of of resolving the hair thinning that women were reporting. And you describe yourself as a biohacker. What does that mean to you? <laughs> like tinkering with cells. Um, I'm, uh, I, I, my, my passion is diving into the scientific literature and searching for answers and really just diving into the biology of, 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 of cellular biology, really, and understanding how the body works, how drugs work, and, and really reverse engineering those mechanisms of action and uh, in order to find botanicals that have the same capacity or similar capacities to, to drugs that may have been developed uh, to target those specific indications. Um, so you, the, the power of botanicals, the, the, the wisdom of plants, um, plants today are, are, uh, are plant medicines really. And there, there's, there's so much wisdom in ancient uh, medicine it, that we uh, we're only beginning to rediscover today. And, and finally we're seeing, um, tremendous investment going into the research behind these plants and the power of these plants. And very often pharmaceutical companies use these plants to create uh, bioidentical drugs, right? That, that, so they're effectively finding the power of the plants and then creating synthetic versions of those plants because, because of what they know, right? So, so biohacking is, is the art of uh, using nature as as uh as your medicine yeah interesting um so let's jump jump into nutrafol so you had this interesting realization around 
the thinning of your hair started to uh, get thicker. And uh, how did you, what did it look like after you partnered with your co-founder? Like what happened next when you had this discovery? So what we discovered was that, so in the, in the spirit of the biohacking mindset, what we discovered was that there were naturals that were able to target uh, the very same um, enzymes that the finasteride, the Propecia that my, my uh, business partner was using. And so we started there and we were able to uncover that there were uh, dozens of, of articles in the scientific literature that supported the use of these naturals to target um, the inhibition of, of, of the DHT hormone. And so that was enough to compel my, my partner to reconsider the use of finasteride as, as a way to prevent um, hair shedding, as, as a way to minimize his hair thinning. Um, but what we, what we really uh, discovered in our research was that, and, and because I had brought in that conversation of women are losing their hair as well, and my sisters are losing their hair, I've seen hundreds of women in, in my previous business uh, complaining about hair loss. And women had very few options um, at the time. This was back in 2012, 2013. Um, so what we, what we had uncovered and really truly discovered was that there was such a big white space in, in, in the way that, uh, in, in of all the products that were available in the market at the time, that were treating hair thinning, uh, the white space we found was to be stress. And stress was, was a very, very important target. So doctors talked about stress being at the root of hair, hair thinning, uh, of, of excess hair shedding, but there were no products at the time that were created to target that specific root cause. And so that made no sense to us. Like, how is it possible that we know uh, what is at the root of hair uh, of, of we know that stress is a trigger of hair thinning and hair shedding yet nobody's developing products that were able to target that at, at, and at the time physicians would would, would advise patients to take an extra vacation um, do some meditation um, do some yoga but in fact, Ayurvedic medicine had already, uh, thousands of years ago, has had already um, identified very powerful uh, plants, uh, what we now call stress adaptogens, uh, that were able to target those root causes or, or, or stress-related um, hair thinning, hair shedding. So we were very lucky at, at around that time, there were... Um, some ingredient manufacturers that were creating uh, pharmaceutical grade ingredients. Uh, these were these were um, naturals that had been used for thousands of years, but not quite studied clinically. That had uh, been studied. So these were partners that invested millions in clinical research and were able to demonstrate that elevated cortisol is at the root of stress. And if you can target elevated cortisol uh, with a natural ingredient, you were able to successfully lower those stress hormones. 
leading to uh, a reduction of hair shedding, a re reduction of hair thinning. So the opportunity for us was identify the multiple triggers. So as biohackers, we were able to identify multiple triggers and find uh, next generation ingredients that were able to target those triggers. So really what we did was we, um, we changed the, the paradigm and the way that people viewed uh, this problem. And we basically uh, hypothesized that it was multiple triggers that led to these problems, not just a single gene, not, not a single problem, but multiple causes. And the best way to address it would be to effectively create a powerful cocktail that had uh, powerful ingredients, uh, next generation uh, delivery systems, um, ingredients that had been clinically tested that showed evidence of efficacy targeting the, those specific uh, root triggers. And that is ultimately how we landed with, with a product like Nutrafol. Yeah, crazy. So talk to us about entering the market. How long did it take for you to get the product uh, ready to be sold? So it took us about two years. Uh, Georges and I worked elbow to elbow. Uh, I had a um, had a, a small two bedroom on the Upper East Side of New York, and we uh, my desk was a big hardwood mahogany door that I threw over two filing cabinets, and I said, uh, we, "We need to uh, we need to be heads down on this project." And so we we sat side by side for eighteen months, um, working on the branding. Uh, working on the business plan, working on sourcing. Um, it was quite quite an experience because neither one of us had any DTC experience. Neither one of us had ever launched a product in the um, in the wellness market or or a supplement or a dietary supplement. Um, we knew that the barrier to entry was very low in terms of. Uh, 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 yeah, the barrier to entry into the sector was low, but uh, you still had to cross your T's and, and dot your I's and 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 do things right because essentially it's a self-regulated industry. Um, so we spent almost two years in that apartment before we uh, we were able to uh, get our first uh, production order uh, together. Uh, we self-funded. We probably uh, I think we put up about. Fifty, sixty thousand um, dollars to finance this project, and the, the goal was uh, live frugally. Uh, we were shopping at Costco uh, once a month. I would stock my refrigerator and freezer up with um, um, cheap meats and and uh, rice and beans and pasta and and greens and and we basically. Um, never left the apartment we uh turned down business dinners or rather we turned down uh dinners and drinks and parties and and so we uh we were in that mindset of this is heads down we were learning um we're learning a lot and um we didn't ha quite have the resources to out outsource uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of the responsibilities that we wish we could have yeah, what happened next? What so it took you two years to launch? You launched. What happened? So we, um, I had a friend who had reached out and said, "Roland, uh, uh, what are you up to these days?" I tell, I give him uh, the 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 update, and he says, "I've got a, 
an office in uh, Nomad and I've got extra space. If you want to come down and, and uh, take some space for a few months until you're generating some revenue, um, by all means, uh, you're welcome to, to use, uh, use an office. So packed, we packed up our things. Uh, we drop our things off and then I run off to Burning Man for, for the week. And that was uh, in 2015. Um, I come back on Monday and um, Georgios had just been interviewed by uh, Mashables, Mashables.com, an online um, uh, magazine. And um, at the time, we were probably generating maybe um, $10,000 a month in business. We had launched on um, Amazon. We hadn't yet quite launched our own website yet. but. Um, I returned from Burning Man and I've got 30 missed phone calls from Georgios. Uh, I think I was getting a manicure and a pedicure at the time because Burning Man is, is brutal on the hands and the feet. And um, I miss uh, 30, I've got 30 missed phone calls. I finally uh, uh, pick up and, uh, and he says to me, you've got to come to the office. Uh, the phones are ringing off the hook. Uh, we have hundreds of emails. Um, everything's going crazy. And this article runs uh, where Georgios had, um, we were very lucky. We had a, 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 a terrific little uh, press piece that really um, was, a, was a tipping point in the very, very early days of, of our business. And that article was an article where Georgios had admitted in a very vulnerable moment that he had been experiencing uh, sexual side effects from, from having taken the, the pharmaceutical um, that he was taking. And uh, it, I think the article was titled Get Laid or Get Laid Off. And so, <laughs> so he admitted that in order for him to keep his job uh, as a model, he had an engineering practice at the time. So we both were moonlighting. I had a, a day job and, and he had his engineering consulting clients. Um, and we would meet at night and, and we would be working on our project. And I finally left that, that job. And um, um, the article runs, he gets an interview, the article runs. He basically admits that uh, in order to keep his hair as, and be a successful model, he needed to take these drugs and, and unfortunately had experienced these side effects. Um, well, apparently sex sells because 22 uh, publications picked up the article and just ran uh, different versions of that story uh, on their sites. And I think our sales went from 10000 to to $100,000 a month. Uh, so it was an incredible uh, uh, exponential increase in business. And we were not ready. We were not ready uh, for that moment. But um, uh, we're entrepreneurs. We're survivors. And so we rolled up our sleeves. And, and there we are, packing boxes, shipping boxes to customers in Italy, to customers in Germany, to uh, people because our, our fulfillment center at the time couldn't handle international. So we, uh, we, and the article ran all over the world. So we were, uh, there we were at fielding uh, customer uh, service phone calls, uh, packing our own boxes, uh, shipping abroad. And that was the beginning of, tr that was truly the tipping point. And we never looked back and we just, it took us a long time to get 
to $10,000 a month in sales. It was not easy, it didn't happen overnight. Uh, we had used Amazon as our launching um, platform. We eventually had our website. Our website was up at the time the Mashable articles ran, but um, <clears throat> but it, it took us a very very long time because the 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 the, the sector is is um, it's a very crowded sector and there are a lot of people selling snake oil and making unsubstantiated claims. And they're selling products at nineteen dollars, and and they're they're not, um, yeah, they're not they're not making very uh, uh, authentic claims. And so clearly, people who are desperate for solutions uh, will try anything and everything. Um, so we, um, yeah, that was the the beginning of 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 of. Uh, of this incredible growth that we had experienced over the years. Um, one, one small press piece and, and thinking about of all the press that we've received in the last eight or nine years, um, nothing uh, compares to, to the power of that one article that ran at the very, very beginning of our, our journey. Hey Founder Fam, I want to take a quick break from the conversation to talk about a pain point for a lot of you out there, and that's finding quality design help to build your brand. Whether it's a logo, website, or packaging, you can spend hours trying to do it yourself and still end up with nothing. That's where 99designs by Vista comes in. With its contest model, you can invite an entire global creative community to participate in your project and submit ideas. It's like having an entire design department at your fingertips. And at Founder, we've worked with 99designs before in the past to create a special issue of our magazine. And it really transformed the quality of the project by having a bunch of concepts to choose from and being able to collaborate with creators from all over the world. From pitch to perfection, 99designs will be there with you every step of the way. They'll help you transform your idea in your head into a valuable piece of content or branding for your business. And together with 99designs, we're offering you a $30 discount on your first design contest. So just head to 99designs.com forward slash founder to learn more or get started on your project today. Okay, now let's jump back into the episode. You said that it took a while to get to $10,000 a month. How long did it take? Well, it took us probably about six six months. Yep. And you launched on Amazon. Yeah, it was the easiest way to launch, right? We had we had we we were our, the really the the um um I, I did I did not mention that during the the periods of time where we were trying to launch uh, on Amazon on our own website, we were very diligently. Uh, seeding the product and and seeding was such a critical strategy uh, for our success because we I had given my sisters uh, some product at, very very early and saw success I saw their hair uh, uh, growing beautifully and the texture changing and the thinning was beginning to disappear and the shedding had stopped um, so we knew that we had something that worked. I had seen success and Georgios had seen success. So we spent uh, a lot of time um, making phone calls, reaching out to friends and friends of friends and seeding it with hairstylists in New York, hairstylists in Los Angeles. Um, we were very lucky that we were able to seed the product with a, with a, 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 a 
a few key opinion leaders in dermatology um, that had started using the product as well, had given it to one of their family members. And within three to four months, we're, we're beginning to hear uh, great stories, success stories, testimonials. And so we were getting very excited about, about the prospect. This It's working. People are saying that it's working. Um, so we... Um, so we knew an important part of uh, what we prioritized at the time was was getting out and getting the product into the hands of professionals that would be able to talk about it with their clients, with their patients. And that seeding strategy really was was the backbone of our success. Um, I think it was much more more successful than anyone could possibly ever imagine. Seeding really. Uh, and that was free. We were giving product away for free, right? We weren't charging. And meanwhile, we're we're having rice and beans and and cheap meats for dinner and lunch and dinner every day. Yet we're giving away an eighty-eight dollar product to anybody that was willing to try it that needed uh, to try it. Um, so, so a very important part of an early part of our uh, success story was that that particular strategy. I would say. Um, played a major role in, 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 in where we landed today. Yeah, thank you for sharing. And eventually you guys uh, launched a subscription. Can you talk us through that, the thinking there, how all that came about? Yeah, so so at the time, there weren't, at the time, subscription was not as popular. There were not very many modules available in, in the, in the uh, e-commerce sector that allowed you to set up subscriptions. So it was a lot more complicated Back in 2013, 14, 15. Um, but subscription is was is really like, for example, today, I think 85% of our uh, purchases are subscription, which is pretty phenomenal if you think about it. Um, and and that that obviously that technology and that that change in mindset has has allowed us to to continue to deliver these products to people. This is a product that doesn't work overnight. And so that was something that we had to, we had to help educate our customers that temper the expectation. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes three months, six up to six months for you to see the benefits. And that that is very challenging today. Consumers are very, very much used to instant gratification. They want instant results, but this is not um, this is not a problem that happens overnight. Nor is there ever a solution that's going to fix that problem overnight. And so, we knew that subscription would be a, a terrific way to reinforce behavior, uh, enabling consumers to subscribe, but obviously allow them to to remain on the product and hopefully encourage them to continue to use the product and and knowing that um, in three months or less uh, it would they would be tipped over into into success yeah I think that's really smart so um, talk to me is around kind of you did brand partnerships with also doctors and salons and you also focused on direct to consumer. Why did you choose to avoid retail? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, you know, this this is a um, well. Let me focus on the on the uh, professional channel. Um, 
our our strat when we first launched, we focused on hair salons, which are retailers, right? And hair salons have their own little retail shops within within um, within their salons. Physicians are also retailers. They have their little uh, section where they sell all of their um, physician endorsed uh, skincare products. Um, uh, and um, our our strategy from day one, we had st- initially started. We had initially targeted hair salons as our primary uh, uh, go to in the professional channel. We very quickly pivoted to dermatologists because we had opportunities to. Uh, introduce the product at dermatology conferences and plastic surgery conferences. And so uh, we had been advised that if you want to communicate with physicians, uh, that's the best place to meet them, the best place to network. And you'd have an opportunity to talk about your, your product in front of physicians. And so we, um, we, while we were uh, running that uh, uh, e-commerce engine in the background, our Georges and I and uh, had really focused on um, uh, spending a lot of time at these dermatology conferences, a lot of time cultivating these uh, relationships with the physicians because we knew that uh, the endorsement, an endorsement coming from a dermatologist, was priceless, and the halo effect of that was uh, was priceless, and so. Um, we 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 did we neglected traditional retail. That was what we where where we really said let's not focus on on retail. Let's protect our 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 professional partners. Um, let them talk about the product. Let them introduce the product to their patients, to their uh, salon clients, um, and um, we knew that the benefit of that. I'll give you an example. Today, we're the number one dermatology recommended uh, hair growth supplement in America. Uh, we have over 4,000 doctors that sell our products today and another two, 3,000 that endorse it. Um, so we, we did a very good job um, penetrating the market and, and really, um, uh, we, did, we did all the right things. We, we were able to uh, give the physicians what they wanted. They wanted clinical evidence on the efficacy of the product. At the time, we had launched using clinical studies on the ingredients themselves. Uh, but then we, um, we we made further investments in double-blinded placebo-controlled studies, which were critical to have uh, for, in order to have credibility and in, uh, within the physician network. Um, today, we have five clinical trials, double-blinded, randomized, placebo-controlled studies on our core products. So this is something that we, we took very seriously. Um, we, we were, we were um, physicians were endorsing the product from the very, very early days, thanks to a handful of those key opinion leaders that were using it. So anecdotally, they were reporting great results. And so we saw this as 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 really the 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 foundation of the brand as science, uh, the integrity of the of the product has to come from science. We needed the we needed to make those investments. We needed the endorsements of the scientific community, um, and we were able um, in a very very short period of time able to get that endorsement and get that support. Yeah, smart. 
So I'd love to switch gears and talk about funding, Roland. Um, can you talk to us your experiences? How much money did you end up raising? And uh, yeah. It's funny because neither Georgia nor I knew how to raise money. We knew nothing about uh, raising money. We didn't have a network of uh, banker friends and VC friends. And, and uh, so we, um, we self-funded and then we went out and raised uh, money from friends and family. In, in some cases, these were friends and family that we hadn't even asked for money. People were saying, what are you up to? And we would share our story and tell them what we were working on. And people would say, can I invest? Do you need money? Uh, which was so heartwarming to see that that people want if, if people want to help people want to, to support you if people believe in you and and love you they're going to support you they're going to find a way to to help you and so we were able to raise um i think we raised about eight nine hundred thousand dollars from friends and family and then we um we went out and um maybe two years later we we uh, went out and did our Series A, and I think at the time it was a valuation of about ten million. Um, and so that was it was almost three and a half years in, I believe, when when we when we uh, pulled the trigger on the Series A. Yeah, actually four years. I'm sorry, we did. It was a four years in. We went out at a ten million dollar valuation. I think at the time we had. Um, maybe three three and a half million in annual sales so like three hundred thousand yeah three hundred thousand a month at that point um so it was very very slow um to get off the ground you know by by any standard you know three years in you're doing three hundred thousand dollars a month that's not a big number but again it's a very very challenging sector um and so um we one of the things that I, I can share with your audience is is how important it is to to um, uh, fiscal responsibility. And startups founders very often uh, when when somebody writes a big check, uh, it, it gives us an excuse to burn cash. Uh, we're not as thoughtful. We're not as careful as we would have been when we were strapped for cash. And now suddenly it's uh, I think that's a very common um practice in 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 the startup world and so uh, really one of the keys to our success is that we were very very uh, strategic in how we spent money uh, we were very frugal we weren't penny wise and pound foolish we were just smart and efficient efficient is probably the right word we were very efficient in how we we spent our money and so we were able to um um, create a business that always had a, a very good runway. We, we always planned a good 24 months of, of, of cash. Um, and so we always had a, that two-year runway and it always allowed us enough time to think about what, our, what did our next raise look like? What, is it, what does a raise look like uh, if we raised another 20, 30, 40 million dollars? What does that do to uh, what does that do to the cap table? How does that impact us as founders? How does it dilute us? Uh, what does that look like if you have to do a, a Series B, a Series C? And uh, so we we were very smart in that we were always able to forecast what. Um, what a future raise would would look like and how that would impact our ownership um, two, three, four, five years out. 
Um, so in the end, we, we ended up doing a Series A and a Series B. Uh, the Series B, I think we raised uh, about 35 million at a valuation of about 135. Um, and, and that was it. We never had to raise any more money uh, after that. Uh, so we were very, very lucky. We'll move to the hot seat round. This is uh, rapid fire questions and answers. So what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? People say time uh, time is money, but money is time. With some cash, you can actually buy time. And that support in an early startup is is priceless. What's the worst piece of advice you've ever been given? <laughs> Raise more money. <laughs> what are you doing? Raise more money. Hire more people. That was the hire more people was a good advice, but it was ra- raising raise more money. You need more money, and um, I didn't take the advice. I I, uh, I knew that it was not good advice. You talked about stress earlier. How do you reduce stress? I take my Nutrafol. <laughs> I've got I've got um, ashwagandha. Is is I, I I do a little bit of everything. So I have I have uh, a yoga practice. So I'm able to um, to alleviate some of that stress there. I do have stress adaptogens in Nutrafol. I'll take uh, ashwagandha to help me with that. Um, that's probably the two best ways that I could I would say that. Uh, uh, I do that. I also just bought a slow wave chair, one of these uh, chairs that uses sound and vibration to reset your vagal nerve. And so that that also helps uh, helps with the stress. Mm, interesting. What's something you've learned today? So my, my mom's visiting and uh, she's uh, she's here for a week and um, she hasn't been feeling well. And I realized that Despite the fact that she has had uh, lots of physicians, uh, that she's she's seen a few doctors over the last few months, trying to get to the source of her low energy, et cetera, I realized that um, a second opinion and uh, is um, is highly encouraged. I encouraged her to get some some blood work with some local biohackers uh, that that are in the functional medicine arena. Um, to help us do a little deeper dive and and uh, a little more detective work. So I think that uh, the the learning there is don't assume that great doctors uh, are always going to find the answers. That you should always uh, get that second opinion, look at things from a more holistic point of view. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Last question: If you could have dinner with any entrepreneur, dead or alive, who would it be and why? <laughs> <laughs> Could it be Tesla? Was Tesla an entrepreneur or was he an inventor? <laughs> it's like, what happened? <laughs> How did you not? Uh, I would say, um, I would say that's probably a good. I, I, I'm curious. I, I'm always curious as to why um, a business fails, why things don't work for, for an entrepreneur. I always like understanding the why. And, and really getting to the root of that. I think there's, there's great learnings in, in failure. Um, and that, that's something that I would, I would say uh, would be, would be an, an important takeaway in these conversations. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, look, thank you so much uh, for your time, Roland. And also uh, congratulations on all your success. Uh, I look to 
further to checking out the product myself. If you if you can't see, I'm actually uh, yeah taking a finasteride as well. So there you go. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't know, right? You, you've got great hair. You've got great hair, Nathan. Oh, but uh, happy to send you some. Oh, that would be amazing. Oh, I would definitely take up on that offer. I'll give some to my mum too. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, thank well, you. Look, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.